And then the cockhead ship burned up on reentry, and everybody was happy. Jeff Bezos rained from the sky. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go! Welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. That's us. We say that every time. (laughs) But welcome to part two of our three-episode summer slasher camp, all three camp-related movies we are covering through the month of August. We're chosen and voted on by the members of the Corrupted Youth Dongle Den and Facebook. And uh, we also have a t-shirt available on TeePublic. It's pretty cool. So check out the notes. This month, we are covering The Burning. And I gotta say a special thanks to Court from Cinema PsyOps for lending us his copy since Jeff Bezos took ours into space and left it there. It just vanished from any type of streaming. Burned up on reentry. And I checked, too. I checked when we started all this to make sure, because I don't have that big of a physical movie collection at this point, because... At this point? I don't know if you're... Are you planning on getting one? <laughs> There's no point anymore. No. I mean, there is, for situations such as this, where... Where you're doing a father and son duo podcast and need to watch The Burning. I have no The Burning. So let's get right into it, and we'll go to the IMDb info. And the description on there is a former summer camp caretaker horribly burned from a prank gone wrong lurks around an upstate New York summer camp bent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement. Close enough. Yeah. I think that is the intention. The burning is from uh, 1981. It was directed by Tony Malum. And we better get this elephant out of the room because, well, it's going to be difficult because it's going to be here. The whole time, yeah. This story is created by the one and only Harvey Weinstein, and it kind of shows. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, like this was the first thing where everybody should have just known better. <laughs> Something's up. I mean, I think he just kind of came up with the idea. He probably was just like, I don't know, make a crapsy movie, and the other two people that actually wrote it were like, okay, yeah. Right? It's still, like, just knowing that. It is weird. It's it's a icky film on this film. But it stars such people such as uh, Brian Matthews, Leah Ayers, Brian Becker, Larry Joshua, Jason Alexander of Seinfeld fame. I don't watch Seinfeld, so I don't really know, but... <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to watch this movie and not think of George from Seinfeld the whole time. If you've seen Seinfeld. We also have Ned Eisenberg. Uh, He's been in tons of stuff. A lot of these people have. Um, I guess uh, Fisher Stevens, too, as the infamous Woodstock in this. Um, You may know him from Short Circuit and Short Circuit 2. Dad, I have not seen Short Circuit since I was like seven. Well, I'll tell you what. He's doing brown face in both of those movies. <laughs> nice. He is playing a, a guy from India. All I remember from Short Circuit is that in the second one, he has like a cowboy hat on. That's all I remember. Oh, yeah. Holly Hunter is also on this. She plays one of the kids. She's also got some fame behind her, too. Probably the most famous behind Jason Alexander. I, that's in my opinion, as far as like name recognition. Well, I didn't recognize her name. Oh. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. So She's played some snot-nosed kid, I think. Yeah, well, she's not popular to me, so. Fair enough. (laughs) Ooh, we have a trailer. 
Let's watch it here in the studio right now. Let's sure. watch it. I'm down. Let me just cue it up here. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. Don't be wrong. And if you're thinking about being with someone but no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. Cried out, I will return. I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch. Right now, he's out there watching, waiting. Who's there? What happened one summer five years ago is about to happen again and again and again. The Burning. Man, that's pretty good. Wow, that's a crazy trailer. <laughs> I liked it. It's got some neat sound effects in it. I like the part when the title came up and it said The Burning. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, well, the burning starts at Camp Blackfoot, where some of these muckabout kids are playing it up. They're playing in something. They got this box, and they're all in, and they're sneaking around their camp, and they go to the caretaker's cabin. Can't really see what's going on. Mm-hmm. One of the kids is inside. The other guys are just, like, peeping through a window. And then the kid lights some stuff, and then he, like, takes whatever it is out of this box, and he sneaks back out. And they're all looking through the window and they're knocking on it. And they're like, hey, Cropsy, wake up. And clearly Cropsy's a drunk because there's bottles everywhere and everything. So this, none of this is going to end up well. They showed they didn't tell. <laughs> and, and when he wakes up, it, it's a rotting skull with like worms crawling out of it and candles in the eyes. And naturally, like anybody would, he freaks out. I wonder how they got that skull. The real skull? That's a very good question. Because it's really gruesome looking. It's far too realistic to be a fake one. I mean, I guess if you have Tom Savini working on your movie, he's not going to just throw in some crap-ass skull. It's going to look good. So yeah, Cropsy freaks out, knocks the skull onto his bed, which not a good idea, because it ignites his blankets. And then he's like, oh crap, I'm on fire now. And he gets up and tries to get out, but he ends up knocking over a canister of gasoline that's just in there, <laughs> which definitely not good. It was unnecessary. Yeah, I feel like they were just like doubling down. They're like, well, if he's going to be on fire. He's really going up in flames. Yes, there's no doubt about it. And man, does he get lit up. Comes busting out the door. Just, I mean, I love flaming dudes. And this is a good one. Clearly a dude in a suit, but man, it goes on for a while. Yeah. And then he like just runs into the water or like down a hill, doesn't he? Like falls down a hill. Yeah, he runs on a hill into like the water. And then the movie just is like, hey, one week later at the hospital. I don't know what the one guy is. He's not a doctor, I don't think. One guy is like a medical student and the other guy is like an orderly or something. And the one guy's trying to tell the other guys, you want to see something really messed up? You got to check this dude out. Way to, way to be respectful to the patients. Yeah. <laughs> they go into this room and it's a, they, this is a pretty good scene. I like the tension in it mm-hmm. because clearly it's just like building up. Like, you know, something's going to happen and it takes a, takes a while in a good way. Like they just keep inching like, okay, well, we got to get in there. And you're like, oh man, this is going to be crazy. But all it is is just burnt arm comes out and grabs like the orderly guy. But nothing happens with that. He goes, uh, and then it's like three years later. Yeah, five. Five. Five years later. Five years later. Five years later, Cropsy gets out of the hospital. Hey, you know what? You're all messed up, but hey, you can't blame them kids. <laughs> Just carry on with your life. You're, you're, you're lucky to be alive type of thing. And first thing Cropsy does, 
and goes and gets himself a sex worker. Because I guess, I mean, I don't know, five years? Well, well, he doesn't even, no, he just murders her. <laughs> yeah, after she sees his face, which we don't get to see. Then yeah. she's like, ooh, no. I guess Unless maybe that was his should... intention the entire time, was just to murder her. Maybe. Maybe he's just like, I gotta check, test this out, see if I'm good at it. Yeah. You know, he just stabs her with a pair of scissors, and then he's like, yeah, this'll do. This is pretty cool. But you don't see his face at all. That's kind of what I like about this movie. They save it. They really do. And I should mention, if, like, Cropsy's like a, like kind of like a New York, New Jersey, Staten Island area legendary figure, like, a, parents would just say it to their kids. It's just like an urban legend type of thing. Like, oh, don't get, don't do something stupid. Cropsy will get you. Which, Cropsy's a stupid name, too. Where, where That's did that so come from? That's so lame. That's lame. It's super lame. Because it doesn't sound scary. I feel The Boogeyman? That's <laughs> even lamer when you think about it. Uh, yeah. The Boogeyman. And that's how they refer to Michael Myers in Halloween. Yeah. Or The Shape. Well, he's credited as The Shape. Which, far better. Way better. Yeah. And what's with, like, giving these guys names? Like, oh, I don't know if that's supposed to make it seem more personal. It's the Jason Voorhees. Like, you know his first and last name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least Crapsy's just Crapsy, so maybe it's a nickname. Who knows? Name is Philip. Philip James Crapsy. That'd been lame. <laughs> Philip's gonna come get you. Now we're at a different camp, Camp Stonewater, and it's a nice sunny day. Everybody's out having a fun playing softball. We've got Pervy Eddie, and who I called TP Two for any of our listeners of Madman Mars, <laughs> horrible slimy. Womanizer man. Eddie's a perv. He's just like, oh, telling, telling George Costanza, hey, look at that butt over there. Mm. <laughs> and then this girl, this girl, the tiger, the only reason I know her name is because she's one of the only girls where they actually say her name a bunch in this movie. And she runs off into the woods chasing the softball. And that's where we get our first glimpse of Cropsy Vision. Which is just like all messed up, which is a nice detail. Yeah. Because his eyes would have been screwed up from being on fire. So it's like kind of like it's obvious that they just like smeared some Vaseline on the ones or whatever. So you get the whole like POV of him lurking, coming after her with a pair of shears. But ooh, it was a out. fake out. It was a fake out. You saw that one coming a mile away. You're like, yeah, this, yeah no, she's that, not getting That was killed. lame. Then we get our uh, gratuitous shower scene with Sally. and. Man, I, at first I was like, well, they're not really going to show anything. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen this. Mm-hmm. I was like, huh, is this a movie where they really don't have any nudity? Nope. They do. Yeah. And this one was weird. They shy away from it for like a while, too, with this scene. Yeah. Like, usually they just get right to it. Yeah. Also, this scene, too, with, uh, it reminded me, Do you did you ever see the shampoo prank videos? Yes. That's what it reminded me of, because it seemed like there was more and more shampoo getting in her hair as the scene went on. Yeah. <laughs> it just would not leave. And if you're not familiar with the shampoo videos, they're probably kind of older, I guess, at this point. And it's just like outdoor beach shower area, and then, then somebody just like dumps shampoo on somebody's hair. And continuously does it. Yeah. yeah. So they just constantly have shampoo. It'll be like some muscle-bound, roided-out freak who just goes just rages because there's just the shampoo won't stop but then uh sally ends up screaming because we forgot alfred who was creeping on her and that's another fake out too Mm -hmm. you think maybe she was murdered but no just a kid at the camp who was just being pervy and this is weird too because he's like well i was just trying to scare her no just trying to scare her that's no that's, that's such an excuse. That's a lame excuse. Plus, like, what did he do to scare her other than just stand there, stare at her? Yeah. <laughs> so they clearly uh, have every right to freak out on him, which they do. And then he's got to go see uh, the male counselor, Todd, where Todd's being like pretty chill about it. And like, hey, you can't be doing that stuff. And it's up to you. He's giving him choices. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, Alfred, you got to figure your stuff out. Otherwise, like, you're going to have to go. Because everybody's super upset with you. And totally makes sense. Yes. But then Alfred's like, well, I've got no friends. I'm like, hmm, Alfred, you're just a creep. Like, throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah. He's just a creep. He doesn't learn. But also, like, this 
it's like Todd. Todd. Like he's the hunky guy in the in the movie. The male love interest of Michelle. Yeah. Other counselors. So I'm like, clearly he's like a main character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And they name him Todd. Different times back then, I suppose. Yeah. Um, sorry anybody whose name is Todd who's listening because uh, your name is lame. Your name is Todd. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because your name is Todd. Not your fault, unless you picked it out for yourself. In which case, why? Pick something out that's cooler, like Trash Boat. (laughs) So a little while later, after he gets done talking with Todd, uh, Alfred, he gets threatened by this meathead anti-sleevist named Glazer. And this guy never wears sleeves in this entire movie. He's mad because, like, he's got a thing for Sally, I'm guessing. I don't think they're really necessarily a couple. I don't think so. No. No. I think like he's kind of a meathead and he's like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm going to try to bang every chick at this camp. Yeah. Type of guy, which is very in line with summer camp movies of this time, comedy or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Someone's just a bunch of hormoned up dudes, which there's part of some of that, like this, this kind of gets right. Like the ladies just do not really go for any of these advances really Mm -hmm. not really into these guys (laughs) except for uh michelle and todd yeah but they just seem like a natural they they seem like a healthy couple they are (laughs) so we get this doc scene and it's got like dave slash george costanza and he's hanging out with some other kids um like alfred's there and woodstock and like i don't know one or two other lame kids who don't really get names Mm-hmm. And that's when you've got Glazer going out to the raft because all the girls are out there and he's trying to be all cool. And so they pull out like this pellet gun. And Dave, as a counselor, for I wasn't sure if Dave is actually a counselor at this point or they're trying to pass him off as a younger kid, but he gets Woodstock to shoot Glazer in the butt. <laughs> and then you brought up Chekhov's gun. Yep. Because it's like, well, that's got to be... And even later, later in the movie, like over halfway through, you see him with the gun. Yeah. And he's like just kind of playing with it. You're like, oh, he's totally going to shoot. Are we going to get stuff later with the gun? Stay tuned. Then you have this scene later where Dave comes back to the cabin and uh, you've got Woodstock, Laser, Alfred, and the generic kid are all in this the same cabin. And Dave brings like nudie mags for the kids <laughs> woodstock is smoking too by the way yeah there's a lot of child smoking in yeah. this movie like one of the girls at the girls camp when they're in a scene one of the young girls i think tiger is like just mm-hmm. puffing just away on a smoke on a cigarette yeah like you know man i literally lean forward and was like oh because it's like what yeah i suppose you don't really see that in movies not anymore like, not Unless, any- and, the, and if you do it's like a big deal it's like, whoa, a kid's smoking. But in this, is just like, yeah. Yeah, kids are just smoking. Yeah, they're just going for it. <laughs> and Glazer gets all mad because Dave brought him unlubricated rubbers. And I was like, you know, I got a thing. Like, I'm thinking Glazer's the type of guy that acts all tough and acts like he gets all the ladies all the time. But I'm thinking he doesn't. Yeah. And then um, during this part, Alfred ends up seeing a cropsy peep in the window, which you just get a very brief glance and it's very dark but you do see something outside the window that's not a normal person so he's lurking around and every nobody believes him because nobody seems to like him yeah because he's a creep yeah and you know for a brief second i was like wait you know especially the way glazer treated him kids just got it bad mm-hmm. probably not that bad of a kid he only behaves like this because people are mean to him and he's kind of an outsider. But then I remember, no, he's a, he's just a creep. Yeah, even when people are like really nice to him, he still continues to do it. So, Yeah, so that's on you. That's on you, Alfred. But also, with him getting scared by Cropsy peeping in the window, he gets a little taste of his own medicine. <laughs> yeah, in a weird way. <laughs> so, yeah, good job, Cropsy. So Todd comes, gathers up all the boys, because they're having like this super late night dinner apparently with it was everybody. like pitch black out and they're going for dinner in the summer seems kind of odd i don't know how things go on the east coast but i'm pretty sure it's not pitch black if we're at the same latitude as them 
roughly, then yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, and during this whole dinner scene, um, it's a it's a big camp. It is, yeah. They got a lot of kids. Yeah, that's a good. That's a big mess hall. And would you say this reminds you of when you were in camp? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it was it was the same way. It was. Oh, it looked very similar too. Big room, bunch of kids yelling. Yeah, it was. This is far more realistic than than the expert bus driving camp of Madman Mars. <laughs> yeah, man, this movie it's more hormone talk this entire time. This guy's being creeps, mm-hmm. and like I don't even want to get into. It. Like I'm just leaving it as hormone talk. And Woodstock is like, hey, I got to go back to our cabin for something. And it's a good opportunity for a fake out scare as he goes back. And I thought that that one was actually that one actually did was a good fake out because I thought he was a goner. Oh, yeah, because it's all pitch black and the lights aren't working. And he's trying to get this flashlight to work. Yeah. And it's just Todd just being like, hey, where you where you going? Because main camp guy is giving some announcement about a canoe trip. And it's like, the thing about the canoe trip thing too, when he's announcing it, and I'm sure it's just like a sound issue, but man, all those kids just are still talking. I think that's very realistic too. <laughs> to a degree. But then the guy's just like, so, uh, hey, uh, camp trip, um, we're gonna have a canoe, so make sure you get well, all your stuff. Yeah, it's because none of those kids cared. Most of them weren't going. It's- he did not have like uh I'm a camp guy voice. No, not at all. I think he was like shown to be like just like a weak dude. <laughs> I suppose. I didn't think about it that way. But I feel like this is a good place for us to just take a little break. Listen to promo from another podcast. What do you say? Let's do it. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet... Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. Send Rick and Danny in Wool Rocket Ajax. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait, you see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Hemming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Hemming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. So now we cut to the next day and it's a splashy good time out on the river. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like canoeing. And it's like a good, like, I don't know, it's a dozen or so mix of counselors and kids that are canoeing and they're just having a fun time. Look at everybody happy. And they do, they do have like good character. Like all the characters I think are well-defined and I think would like support a movie on their own. That's what's weird. So you're saying if this just was not, if, if, if there was no murderer hunting them down, it could just be a good camp movie. You are correct at this point. Yeah. And it just has a, has a good, like it's, it feels like, um, meatballs or something I, I don't know you probably never watched meatballs Mm-mm. that's like a number one funny camp romp mm. and you know it has this kind of vibe to it kids smoking and counselors drinking and everybody's horned up type of thing although meatballs too does have an alien in it 
that they named Meathead and he helps a guy win a boxing match. I'm not joking. <laughs> Completely different tone than the first one. <laughs> Ooh, but then it becomes nighttime and we've got our campfire story, which I'll play a clip again because I'm not going to retell the story. There was a camp not far from here, just across the lake. It was called Camp Blackfoot. No one goes there anymore. Everything burnt down. There's nothing left except the ruins. Now this camp had a caretaker, a really evil bastard. And his name was Cropsy. Everyone hated Cropsy. For a start, he was a drunk. Two bottles of whiskey a day, no problem. Like, most of the time, he's somewhere out in space. But if he caught you, Look out, because Cropsy could strip the paint off the walls just by breathing on them. <laughs> now this Cropsy was a sadist. I mean, he got real pleasure out of hurting people, scaring them. And he had these garden shears, you know? The kind with long, thin blades. He carried them all the time, wherever he went. And he had this kind of demonic way of looking at you. One time, this Cropsy really went after this kid from Brooklyn. Followed him around night and day. He made this kid's life living hell. But this time he chose the wrong guy. Because the kid and some of his buddies had planned a little prank that would scare the living shit out of Cropsy. Only problem was, gag went wrong. The next thing anyone knows, Cropsy's trapped alive and burning in his bunk. They try to get him out, but the fire's so fierce they can't reach him. All they can do is stand outside and listen to him cry out in agony. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. And as he screamed out, burned alive, he cried out, I will return! I will have my revenge! They never found his body. He survived. He lives on whatever he can catch. Eats them raw, alive, no longer human. Right now, he's out there watching, waiting. Don't look, he'll see you. Don't move. screaming at the end of that clip is because Eddie pervy Eddie was came out in a mask and scared everyone. And, uh, I, I like this camp story. It was a pretty good camp story. I mean, it's already what we have seen before. Yeah. I think what would have worked better is if we heard the story and then later got the flashbacks and then we learn that this actually did happen. Not only did it happen, but the characters that we've grown to like were the cause. Yeah. And it definitely is at this point is Dick, you're like, okay, so Todd's got to be one of those kids. Yeah. It's not ever really just said, said at this point in the movie, but you go, all right. He mentioned something earlier to, to Alfred about how he got kicked out of camp five years ago. And that's your first hint. Yeah. But this, I think really solidifies it. So then it's, you're kind of like, Oh, but what kid was he? Yeah. Because you don't really know. So I was like, oh, man, I wonder if he's the kid that actually put the head in there. Because none of the, all the other kids are just kind of like hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you have like uh, Pervy Eddie. He sneaks off with uh, Karen, the one girl he was staring at her butt earlier. He's trying to put the moves on her and she's just not into it. So then he's kind of a jerk about it. And I was like, well, not cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Like, 
know when and then it's like okay all right all right harvey weinstein mm-hmm. like settle down now but then he somehow manages her through writing of a plot i guess or just scenes that hey you know what karen's gonna go skinny dipping with him i was like at this point in time she should be like no that's not happening but she still goes and he's trying to put the moves on her in the water and then she's like says no again like she was okay with just being naked in the water and swimming but not the touchy-feely stuff which is weird yeah, and it's like this, and then he's like super mean to her at this point. Wow, really not cool. This is like gratuitous nudity here too, mm-hmm. and it makes it all not enjoyable. Ugh, it's just icky. I don't like it. It's like, just get to the part where one of them dies. It's gross, and she gets back to the shore, and her clothes have been taken, and she's like really upset about it. Oh, it's just making the nudity even more upsetting. And then she's like at least walking through the woods and keeps finding articles of clothing and putting them on. So that's all right. And that's where she ends up running in the cropsy and she gets some big giant shears to the throat. Finally. Yep. All right. Cropsy followed him out to this island. Now it's going to be fun. Everybody getting murdered time. And if you think about it too, I mean... Do you think that if they had stayed at the camp, that Cropsy would still be a very successful murderer? Yeah. I think we were shown multiple times that the characters would have been out on their own. The one time Todd was just, like, walking around late at night. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like, Woodstock having to go back to the cabin. It's a pretty full camp. I mean, there's lots of bodies that could And also, if they didn't go to the island, there would still need to be a movie. So... They would just write ways for characters to be alone. True. I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of it like not as... Like in a logical way? Yes. So if there was a real burn victim that was hunting down (laughs) campers, what would would be best? (laughs) I mean, I like the isolation of them going to the island. I do like that, I think this works out really good. And it makes me wonder if it was just a good opportunity on his part that this happened to happen, or or if he knew that they were going to be taking this trip. Cause you got to wonder, does he know explicitly that Todd is one of the kids? I think he probably recognizes Todd, but I think that I don't think that he knew about the trip. I just think he saw it was a good opportunity because otherwise he wouldn't have like risked murders earlier. Mm-hmm. Like when he was going to kill the girl going to get the ball, but then she found it just in time. So I think he would have, if if he knew about it, then he would have waited for it. And this is also a new camp, so how would he have really known? True. Yeah. Unless he got information, get this. Okay. What if there's a whole nother series of events that we don't get to see? Because when he got out of the hospital, he's in the city. Mm-hmm. What if he tracked down some of those other kids? Oh, and like killed them. And like found out information. Yeah. Man, there's a whole nother story that could be behind this, which is pretty interesting if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You could have had a whole pre- prequel to this. Yeah. Or like... Cropsy a... Takes Manhattan. Ooh, yeah. I mean, not the best title, but... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, it could be an interesting way to go about things. So then we get to the next day, and everybody's realizing that Karen is missing, and also the canoes. Uh-oh. Yeah, and everybody's like, yeah, well, you know what? Karen would not take all the canoes because there's like five or six of them. So, yeah, she wouldn't even just let them go. And especially in the middle of the night. I mean, that's her logic, too, and it totally makes sense. Yeah. And Eddie had no problem just going back to camp and going to bed. And he's being a real jerk about it, too. Mm -hmm. Just doubling down on being a jerk. They come up with this plan where they're going to just make a raft and have some of them travel back to camp to get help, which, good idea. Todd builds the raft. It's a nice raft. It's a pretty cool raft. I'm not worried about where they're getting all the stuff from. Well, we later see that there's, like, used to be structures on the island. Here, yeah, we so. see that later. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time, I was like, ah, whatever. I'm just into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of those things where it's like, you just go, fine, they build raft. 
And it's all, like, everything's constructed rather well. Yeah. The paddles and stuff. I really applauded them. Yeah. Good job. That's smart, too. Uh Uh-huh. Just build a raft. Yeah. And this is how we get to the infamous raft scene. Because it's Eddie is the one uh, counselor who goes with a group of kids. Woodstock's on there. And a couple other whatnot kids. And so they're just getting tired of paddling and everything. But then... One of them spots the a canoe and they go, oh, look, a canoe. Great. We can get to that and it'll be way easier than having to paddle this clunky raft. And it just keeps building up and building up like they're getting closer to this canoe. Mm-hmm. And then you get a bunch of bad ADR where everybody's shouting different stuff, but clearly it's not what's happening on the raft. They get up to the raft, and one of the kids reaches over to grab the raft, and next thing you know, Crapsy jumps out and just murders everybody on the raft. Mm -hmm. People are getting slashed with the shears. Uh, Woodstock gets his fingers cut off, gets his throat slashed. Eddie gets the shears right in his throat. Which Which is is a trend. That happens like three times in this movie. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they just had the prop shears. Yeah. Easy enough effect to do. You have ones that are like cut off mm-hmm. that will squirt blood. Yeah. So you can just hold that up to someone's throat. But then there's also um, when they get stuck in Eddie, it's his head and then the fake body mm-hmm. underneath, mm-hmm. which probably at the time, like if you were to see this, they had a drive in or something, you probably would not notice. No. Holy crap, they just murdered a guy in a movie. <laughs> And that's a good, good Tom Savini's good for that kind of stuff. He's good at just well, stick a thing in a person or like <laughs> rip them in half or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the deaths in this could have been a little more gruesome to some degree. There's not a whole lot of makeup effects in this. No, I think, I think this rap scene is like the most gruesome for the deaths. Yeah. As far as like deaths go and kill scenes. Otherwise it's just kind of more of the same throughout. Mm-hmm. So that night, while everybody's still waiting for help, because I'm sure it probably took most of the day to build that raft, mm-hmm. and they might just get come and get them in the morning too. I, mean, I could see that being a thing. Yeah. And uh, Glazer decides to uh, have a hook up with Sally out in the woods, which is very brief. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> all of a sudden like, yeah, he's not the powerhouse machismo guy he makes himself out to be because. It is a very brief sexual encounter. But at least, like, I'll give him credit, though. He does decide to make it up to her by, like, hey, I'll go back to camp. I'll get some matches, and we'll have a nice fire. I was like, yeah. I was like, huh. That is very romantic. Yeah, actually, like, way to go, dude. Okay. Maybe he's okay. (laughs) Maybe he's just all talk up to this point. Just kind of a a creep. So while he goes to get the matches... That's when uh, Sally gets sheared by Cropsy. Now they're just getting it in the throat. So when Glazer gets to the camp, that's when Alfred's creeping on him because he's not, he's still awake. And he sees that Glazer is sneaking back off into the woods after grabbing some matches. So naturally he goes, I'm going to be a creep and follow him. It follows very closely too. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculously like, close. <laughs> like less than 10 feet away at times. <laughs> he was like five feet behind him. But it's all in the service of watching Glazer get back. Hey, Sally, you're sleeping. Why don't you wake up? And he peels back the sleeping bag, only to have Cropsy pop out of the sleeping bag, I'm guessing. He's kind of like a weird magician, this Cropsy. Yeah. Where he can hide and yeah. not. Because, I mean, that canoe thing, how do you hide in a canoe? He didn't come out of the water. It's all just kind of like, what well, I mean, I guess just go with it. Just go with it. Was it was a cool scene. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> him killing Glazer is pretty cool because he like yeah. sticks him in the throat and picks him up. Yeah. And then walks him over to a tree to pin him to a tree, which. Pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. It was. It was a cool like POV shot too. Like uh-huh. Cheers in his throat as he's like getting walked over. Yeah. And then like the side view. Yeah. All right. You know, like Cropsy is like. Strong. <laughs> he's a. Strong man. Yeah. Fueled by revenge, perhaps. Probably not supernatural. I'm going to guess not supernatural. Yeah. Um, maybe it's like a dark man situation where all your nerves are burned and you can't feel anything. So you're just fueled by just rage because you just have the sensory deprivation. Oh, you never saw a dark man. Nope. 
Imagine if Cropsy was a superhero. Is it good? Huh? Sam Raimi. I asked if it was good or not. Liam Neeson. Is it good? It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty obsessed with it when I was a kid, but it kind of came out around the same time as Batman 89. Oh. So I did like, I did appreciate the darkness of it, but yeah, it has like this thing where like he can make a mask just like a, anybody else, like a realistic fake skin so you can go around and impersonate people, but it only lasts a certain amount of time and then wackiness ensues. How have I never heard of this? <laughs> I don't know. How have I not shown you Dark Man? Maybe we should watch it on here sometime. Yeah. Anyway. Because Alfred sees all this happen. Oh, yeah. And and rightfully freaks the fudge out. Yeah. Sprints back to camp. The, the, it's so traumatic for him that it becomes daytime. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was clearly night a minute ago. <laughs> or maybe um, Hunky Dude and Chick just woke up early. I mean, it is possible. Yeah, but you know, it was it was clearly nighttime though when he got the matches. It was dark. And their fire was still going. Yes. If there's any excuse, it's just that they were up early, but... Uh, we, can't, we can't try to apply logic to this. It happens a lot in movies, though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those... Uh, I really noticed it in this one. <laughs> yeah, Alfred ends up getting Todd. And, and he's like, listen, this is bad. Glazer's been murdered. And he takes Todd back there. And Todd's like, nah, I don't know, dude. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just a creep and I'm not going to believe you. Another good reason to not be a creep. They find Glazer's body. Todd does the right thing and goes, we need to get the fudge out of here. Yeah. We need to do something. But he ends up getting hit by some shears, just grazed on the temple. And he's like out cold from it. Yeah. And then he just gets whacked in the head. I don't know. It's really awkward and weird. But the magic of Cropsy. Yeah. Although, unlike Mad Man Mars, Cropsy, definitely not any type of mystical being or a camp counselor yeah what to say <laughs> we did come to that conclusion yeah so with todd out cropsy's free to just chase alfred in the woods forever <laughs> it seems like there's a whole lot of scenes of alfred just running around in the woods like it's a long just, chase it'll just keep cutting to it throughout this whole next chunk of movie that we talk about back at the camp everybody's awake and Everybody spots the raft floating in. Mm-hmm. And so Michelle's like, I'm going to go check it out. And Dave's like, yeah, okay. And she swims out to the raft. And on the opposite side of like the river or something or whatever, that's where Todd is, I guess. I don't know how he got so far away because it didn't seem like they were that far. But he's trying to yell to her that there's danger. Mm-hmm. And... She swims out to the raft and a whole like chunk of severed arm falls on her and she freaks out. And then Woodstock's body just pops out like of the water. out of the water. And his throat's all slashed and he looked pretty cool. He looked very cool. Just all like gross and water dead. And blue. And she just, everybody here is traumatized yes. at this point. All these kids legit showing signs of trauma with us. <laughs> Todd's like, hey, I made it back. (laughs) All of a sudden, all of you just, why don't you all get on the raft, get on the murder raft, go back to camp, get some help. Alfred's still lost in the woods, so I'm going to take this axe and I'm going to look for him. Sally just goes, gets help. She makes it back. Man, those kids are not looking good either. No, Especially when they're on the murder raft and stuff. Man, they do not look good. And I'm kind of liking it a little too much. I don't know why. I'm like, yes, children, be traumatized. Probably because it's something realistic. It was very realistic, yeah. You don't usually get that in a movie. Yeah, Michelle ends up like going back in a boat with the main camp guy. And they have a line where the police are coming. And they're going to arrive there by helicopter. Because at first I was like, you guys should really just call the police and not just travel Mm -hmm. there on the boat. But So I'm glad that that line got thrown in. So with the prospect, police and other potential murder victims on the way, (laughs) the the hunt for Cropsy and or Alfred is happening by Todd. Where now it's just a whole lot of scenes of Todd running around in the woods, cut with scenes of Alfred running around in the woods. 
But Alfred ends up at this pretty cool structure, abandoned structure, where it's just the foundations there. Yeah. And Cropsey's like hiding out in some doorway. Cropsey takes Alfred, right? Pins him to like this wood slat in this mine shaft. And now we know where the wood came from to build this raft. And I'm thinking that Cropsey intentionally does not kill Alfred here in order to lure Todd in. Because he could have killed him. He could have easily killed him. So so I'm thinking like, all right, he definitely knows this is one of the kids he's after from earlier. So he is actually extracting revenge because there's nothing really. There's not much revenge. Is it is just like, I'm just going to kill some kids. Yeah. I'm going to the nearby camp and killing kids. Yeah. Like, I'll just get revenge. I just want to murder people to get this rage out of me. So this is kind of making sense, especially when he also, um, he gags Alfred so that he he's not making as much noise. But Todd ends up figuring out where they are, and he's like, okay, I'm going to, like, cruise around in the shaft area. Cropsy, like, pushes a cart at him, which... Todd does not do a good job of getting out of the way. It's like five seconds of it rolling and him looking at it like, whoa. (laughs) Which all this gives Cropsy the upper hand. And Todd is now disarmed. And Cropsy's like, "Mm, you know what? I'm not going to use the shears on you because I'm going to burn you. I have a mini flamethrower. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So he definitely knows he's getting revenge on one of these kids for being burned. Mm-hmm. And that's where Alfred ends up getting himself unpinned with the shears and stabs Cropsey in the back, like right at the base of his neck with the shears. Should have paralyzed him instantly, but... Yeah, well, he does drop. Glad that's over. Let's get out of here. Oh no, Cropsey not dead. Then he gets a cool axe to the face. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It's a really cool effect. Yeah, total axe to the face. And then... Alfred's like, I'm going to take this blowtorch and I'm going to set Cropsey on fire. And he does. And it seems like he's really kind of enjoying it. I don't know if it's a, we're going to get this guy who murdered these people. Or I think what. it was that. I hope so. Because I was thinking Alfred as the killer in a sequel would be. The burning too. Yeah. The burnt. The burnt. <laughs> the burning. Burnt. And then burnter. And then, uh, I don't know, and then it's like, what, helicopter flying in? That's basically it. And then it ends with, like, another campfire story. Ooh. Yeah, it's a different counselor that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, Cropsey's spirit is still out there. Setting up a sequel, perhaps? Never got a sequel. Or was he telling... The whole story? The whole story, and this whole thing was just a campfire story the whole time. Cuts back, and it's Harvey Weinstein telling the story. Just dropping his robe in front of somebody in a hotel and they go you know and then he doesn't get the hint or it's him in his prison cell telling it to all his like prison mates <laughs> like all right dude time to beat you up again i don't know like i feel like we didn't have a whole lot of funny things to say about this movie but it's i don't know what, what were your thoughts Would i you... thought it was really good yeah what i really liked about it is that it felt very grounded in a way I think that goes with, like, all the characters in it were very mm. good. I really liked all the characters. I mean, even if I didn't like them, they still had good character for me to dislike. And I think, like, things like building the raft, mm-hmm. that's a real... That's, I just liked how in, uh, how smart that was. They were just immediately like, don't have a canoe? Build a raft. As you would if you were a camp yeah. so you should have those skills. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked that. I liked... um kids being traumatized like you said like that's just very <laughs> it's very realistic and it helped it feel very grounded and i liked like how many people survived at the end because usually with these movies there's there's only like one person that lives but this is like a good group of people who are still alive but it makes it seem more realistic because in in actual scenarios like this you're not going to have everyone dead but like and no final person, girl no final girl either which i liked because final girl was cool and it started you know and then it just got overdone. Man, I wonder if it if it just tends to be more people playing into it and making it a thing rather than it just naturally being a thing. Because I don't it never feels natural. I mean sometimes it does. And sometimes it doesn't. The trope isn't as much of a isn't as common as people think it is. I think it only kind of got talked about and became a trope, you know what I mean? 
because clearly like this movie is a slasher movie no final girl in it madman didn't have a final girl in it mm-hmm. so i mean there's lots of movies out there that don't have a final girl i do like and that's not to say i dislike final girl because mm-hmm. i think it works really well in like halloween movies yeah that usually it feels very natural in, and and then like alien it worked really well in because that's because we follow ripley throughout the whole story so I think when it's done like that, when it's from their point of view, mm. and they end up as the final person, it makes sense because they've built up to be the main character. And we kind of jumped the gun there a little bit with like uh, whether or not you liked it, but um, did you have a favorite scene? And how did you feel about the camp? I'd like to say the raft scene, but then I feel like I'm a sheep <laughs> with everyone else. It is, it is the most bonkers part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably the raft scene. Or the the ending. I really like the part where um, Cropsey is like slowly walking the flamethrower and like they're having the face off. Like Todd's like staring him down and you get all those flashbacks to oh, everything. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> that part was really, really cool. And I think that's actually what they should have done is instead of having that scene in the beginning, they should have just left it for that part of the movie. Yeah, they did reveal. Yeah, because that does reveal that Todd was one of the kids. Yeah. He was not the kid, Yeah, but he was one of the kids. Mm-hmm. And I, but yeah, I think I think that's actually my favorite scene. Also because you get to see Cropsey's face, which was mm-hmm. really, really cool. Yeah, Tom Savini was not happy with it because he only had three days to make it, which I think it's effective enough. Oh, it's super it's good. It's not the best, but it's definitely his signature. Like, his style around that era seems very recognizable. Your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene is actually the campfire story. I like how all that works out. I like the build-up of the story. I like the way the story goes. I like the scare of it. I don't know. It's just fun. It is a good scene, yeah. And all of our characters get a chance to, like, kind of show themselves, you know? Like, their characters, yeah, and they show their traits. And there's a bunch of kids. Yeah. A bunch of kids at a camp. Huh. What a concept, mm-hmm. madman. No bus. <laughs> There's no bus there. Kids are pretty cheap. You can just pick them up by the truckload. Yeah. And how I feel at the camp, this felt like a really cool camp. I'd love to go to this camp. Got a raft. They got pretty cool counselors. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you can just smoke there, <laughs> which cool, I guess. And yeah, it seemed nice. I liked this camp. And it also reminded me of a lot of the camp that I went to, which was a really cool camp. Yeah, I like the camp too. So how would you rate it? using the word movie and would you recommend it i'd say that this was this is a movie it was a pretty darn good movie i think if a little slow on the pacing at times it takes a while for the next kills to start rolling in but then they're pretty bam 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 kill 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 especially the raft scene where you get multiple kills at once and yeah i would recommend it this is a pretty fun camp slasher movie I say this is this is a movie. I enjoy this movie. There's some good charismatic acting in it. There's a decent kill count, like you said. Cropsy, kind of a lame killer, but I get where they're just kind of keeping his face hidden. I wish they had played with it more. Yeah. More, more hints. It's just a lot of gloves and shoes. Yeah. Um and but I do I do like that there's a lot of stuff that happens during the day. Yeah. I really like that about this movie. And um, it's a, I mean, despite the skeezy stuff in it that we mentioned, like it's, I like it. Yeah. I still like it. I mean, it's, we, we could chalk up some of the skeeziness to being a product of its time because a lot of movies were mm-hmm. back then and that it was just a lot more accepted than it is now. Like, I think you couldn't do that in a movie now and have it come off as okay. No. And it might've come off more okay back then even though it's still growing i think i know why this never received any type of sequel or anything because i didn't even know about this movie for a long time i don't think until like maybe uh, i'm trying to remember i don't think i heard about it until like the 2010 sometime oh geez yeah I, i didn't even know it existed i looked it up and it said it had like a budget of like 1.5 million which is a lot. That's a lot back then. And um, it only made $707,000. So it didn't even make half its budget back. So that's the obvious reason why it didn't <laughs> get a sequel. 
I, even though like it had a pretty definitive ending for Cropsy, but I feel that with that campfire story at the end, you could have taken it any route. Yeah. And a lot of movies, you know, like look at Friday the 13th, they just kind of went more supernatural with everything or just, you can't be killed. Mm-hmm. So you can just keep making movies over and over again. Just keep making the same movie basically. And people just still come to see it as long as you got murder and naked body parts. But, um, I also did a little, did a little extra research into what could have possibly been the cause because it's a very entertaining movie mm-hmm. and it has good production value. Didn't like feel overly cheap except, except maybe that one part where it's just the still of the movie. Oh yeah. They, yeah. It's Todd, just a picture of a dead body. Yeah. Where Todd finds Karen pinned in the mine shaft for no reason. Didn't even have to happen. I guess it explains why they didn't find the body. True. But I don't know. You just don't even think about it. You're like, oh, whatever. You know she's dead, so. Yeah. So IMDb lists 36 slasher movies in 1981. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, it, does, it did not include Madman, which is listed as a 1981 slasher, like if you look up the date on it. It might have been more 1980, but on IMDb it says 1981. That was not on their list. However... After I checked that list out, there were some that I felt do not qualify as slashers, especially ones that I personally have seen. So I knocked that down from 36 to 29, including Madman, right? Mm-hmm. Just, so 29 altogether. 22, I would say, qualify as like other not woods or related, like camp movies, which would leave six for that. One was a made-for-TV movie, okay. so I just put that in its own category. So, that year alone, six in-the-woods camp slasher movies. Seems like there was an overblown market. Right. I mean, five other ones than this. Also, that year was Halloween 2 oh. and Friday the 13th Part 2, and both of those movies made, like, 20 million dollars and they're over 20 million dollars really really good movies yeah so the return on investment for those movies was really high this one i could see where this could get lost in the shuffle and there's there was one other movie too um it's actually titled scream and it is about people going on a rafting trip to an island or something and the raft is gone and they get picked off by a murderer um i have not seen that movie it does not have very good reviews whatsoever but it is kind of weird that it has a kind of a similar plot to this yeah it is possible that they cranked that movie out after seeing this one but i mean the thing is though is that the concept of a lot of these is really easy to make money on you throw some people out in the woods because it's cheap to film out in the woods and you just get shoestring a plot together murder some people you make a movie for cheap and you make a lot of money back if it does well in the theater because people were just eating these movies up slashers were huge at this point and that did not work out in this movie's favor no it did not i mean i'm not gonna go through all these and check out there if they made money or not there's a lot of recognizable movies on that list just for this year alone so it's a very good possibility why it got lost in the shuffle. What a shame. If it came out like a few years later or earlier, I think it would have done really, really well. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I feel that Friday the 13th was a powerhouse series that was really hard to compete with. Yeah. I mean, we have one more that is on our list to do, but should be interesting how that one works out. There's a lot of hype for it. There is. There is. I just was uh checking it out recently myself in preparation. I'm pretty stoked for it. It should be interesting to see how it compares to this. Yeah. I mean, clearly at this point this one's in the lead as far as like the best movie. For sure, seen. for sure. While Madman had its fun entertaining parts to it, it's no the burning. And with that, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> well, like we mentioned earlier, we've got that t-shirt up on T Public. 
for our summer slasher camp. Check it out. If you get one, help support the show. Feel free to contact us. What did you think of the burning? We don't care. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no uh, send in a fun camp story if you got one. Like last week, we talked about a kid who pooped himself at camp and go back and listen. Maybe it wasn't fun. Maybe it was. There's only one way to find out. We don't know. It was like a month ago. That's all. We don't remember. Yeah. Don't expect us to remember what happened last month. But you can email us at corruptedyouthpod at gmail.com. You could join us in the dongle den on Facebook as long as it exists. Post cringy memes that I will ignore. Oh, man. There's some fun ones. There are some really funny ones. They're all like movie related yeah yeah so, no they're they're pretty good yeah sometimes i'll ask questions and it'll just the entire conversation will turn to an annie potts love fest <laughs> with that big thanks to our listeners the dongles and also our fellow podcasters thank you for your support hang in there dongles No, it does not. No, I don't want this. I don't want this to get dinged. Do you think we, if we, if we sang the Seinfeld theme, we'd get dinged? I don't know. I could just put it in and find out. That is true. I mean, it would probably just keep showing up all the time. That, or else we just keep my really bad interpretation of it, like a value, great value Seinfeld <laughs> intro. <laughs>